but I feel like at this age and like with all the media stuff like we're so pressured to be like rich and like make it big all quick and stuff like no that didn't happen like you gotta take your time and you can't be comparing yourself to other people because that's what I was doing I kept comparing myself to my friends like why is my friend has a better job than me and we have the same school we went to this, this and that blah 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 like you're, you're not gonna be like everyone like it's gonna happen at your own pace and I was in that thing like all my friends had successful careers already they had graduated I graduated last blah 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 but look at me now like eventually I got out now and I'm happy with what I'm doing and I mean it it goes for everybody as well and the main thing that I, I kind of took away from that is that you really don't even know what somebody else is going through right because like you said your friends were graduated they were successful but on the back end they were going through it too they really felt lost as well and I think about the song by Shawn Mendes, it's Hold On. He says, you know, I don't know what you're going through, but there's so much life ahead of you, and it won't slow down no matter what you do, so you just got to hold on. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt, and today I got a very special guest. Um, man, she's super integral behind the Sorry Poppy tour. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, guys. I'm Jax. Um, like he said, I do the marketing and the coordination for the Sorry Poppy tour with B5 Group. And I have my own tie-dye business called Splax Tie-Dye. So I'm excited to talk about that today. And she said, I'm not just V 5 I'm Splax. Yes, I'm a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to get into her story. I think that it's very, it's deep. Especially, like, from what you told me, like, the overall thing that you told me. And I was like, damn, like, that's good. My quarter-life crisis. Quarter-life crisis. Because the, the problem is, is everybody always, they kind of look at what I send them. And they're like, all right, I'm going with that. Purpose in life, damn, I'm going to do that. They don't give me too much detail. So I'm like, fuck, now nah, I got to figure out. You know how many times I've done purpose in life? <laughs> I've taken a different turn on it. So. Right. Well, I saw that and put my own spin on it. I was like, mm. I did have a recent issue so let's talk about that i like that i like that before we get into it guys make sure you go ahead like comment and subscribe and definitely check out you know the work that Jax is doing go ahead and talk about your role real quick talk about what you do with v5 how the sorry poppy tour came about because i know you were very like integral in that well first i'm going to start with how i got into v5 so i wasn't really trying to be like in the office and work in that type of environment with the marketing stuff. Um, I honestly just wanted to be a bottle girl. <laughs> so I started off like that. Like I met somebody that worked in it and I was like, oh, I want to be a bottle girl, blah, blah, blah. And then I got on the roster or whatever. But this is when COVID was really hot. So like it never worked out because they kept closing and opening, closing and opening. So I was like, you know, what, fuck this. So then um, I know a couple months passed by, I think maybe even a year. And I was in school for communications. So I was looking for a job in this field and I found one on Indeed and I applied and I texted my friend. I'm like, hey, I applied for the thing that you guys had open. So I went in wanting to be a bottle girl and I came out being a coordinator mm -hmm. for the Sorry Puppy Tour and in marketing for V5. And within that, I do a bunch of little things. And that's everybody in the company. Like you get one role, but you learn everything. Like they train you to know how to do everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So what have you learned, you know, doing that type of work with them? Because I think that's very interesting, low key, because everybody obviously thinks like, oh, we're just party, party, party yeah. clubs. Right. But talk about the behind the scenes. For sure. So, yeah, people are like when I tell them, oh, I'm touring here, I'm going there. And obviously you look at my story and it's just clubs and bottles and whatever. And they're like, oh, you, but it's fun. You just party. Like, no, they don't know all the freaking stress that goes behind that. Like there's only a four. I mean, I don't want to say four. There's a bunch of core people in 
the sorry papi thing, but we're pulled in so many different directions and we're moving so fast and they don't really know what's behind the scenes, you know? Like, I'm not just partying. I'm working my ass off during the week so that I could enjoy these events. And on top of it, I'm working the event. Mainly, my role is I started doing, like, the marketing for some Instagrams. So I was running their social media. So I was doing seven restaurants. And then after I was doing those seven restaurants, they brought me into V5 because V5 does the restaurants. So they brought me in, and then I was helping doing some marketing on the Instagram and, you know, going into the events, taking content, making TikToks. That was like my main thing, to make TikToks of the restaurants and the clubs. And then I guess eventually I worked my way up and they gave me some roles in Sorry Papi and then now I'm a coordinator. So you were the one getting people caught up. No, I was not. That's the photographers. <laughs> no, my, my TikTok things were more so like getting the experience. Mm. So like I'd go like, you know, like, you know, when you go on TikTok and you look at what's fun and people are doing a voiceover. Oh, you got to come to Bounce. It has this, this and that. So that's pretty much what I was doing. I wasn't getting anybody caught up. No, no, no. Nah, I no snitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So with the Sorry Poppy tour, right? How did that idea even, you know, arise? You know, everybody's like, all girls, reggaeton night. They already had the idea even before I started. So they were going to do this party pre-COVID. And then I guess it never happened or whatever. I don't know why. Um, but then when I came in, that's when they were talking about doing it again. And um, it was never, I mean, not that it was never supposed to be this big, but we weren't planning on it to move this quickly and get so big so fast. It was just going to be like the Chicago one and maybe like a few other cities. But we got such positive feedback in Chicago that it just started exploding. But in the office, there's a lot of girls, surprisingly, which is great, um, women empowerment. Um, so with having a lot of girls, we all got a bunch of different roles. We're bringing all these ideas. We'd have like meetings and we'd just like throw ideas here and there. And then we wrote all this stuff down, you know, kept track of it. And, you know, after a few, like maybe three, four, like big meetings on the prep, then we started actually working on it. And that's when we did the Chicago tour and it just blew up. And then from there, we're like, oh, my God, we got to do it all these cities. And then we just started booking cities left and right. So it's it's moving really fast. And girls like it because every time I meet, like, you know, vendors, people collaborating with us, um, anything, anything that I meet with uh, within that's not in Chicago, they're always like, oh, we love this. You know, we've never seen anything like this. You know, girls want to do this because they go out and guys stare at them, blah, 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 hit on them. Or even some women, you know, sadly, their husbands or mans don't let them go out. And in situations like this, they can. So every time I meet somebody, whether it be a guest or somebody we're working with, they tell us the same thing. That the reason that they see that this is so popular is because there's nothing like this out there. Mm -hmm. And we're, like, making a movement, which I agree. Mm -hmm. We are. Like, when you're in there, like, obviously you'll never know because you're a guy. <laughs> but when you're in there, you could feel the girls, like, they're, like, just happy and, like, they're comfortable and they're singing and they're wearing whatever the fuck they want. Like... It's just, it's amazing. It seems like you have a lot of fun there. And, you know, just talking about it, the energy just comes off right away, you know? I'm proud of it. Like, it's something I can say I'm proud of. When people ask me what I do, I love talking about it because it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. And I hope it gets even bigger and better. And we're hoping to onboard different things to not just make it a party, make it like a real, like, women empowerment an empowerment movement a movement some type of movement we want to add more things you know we want to do we want to donate to things maybe even create our own cause something like that for women so uh, you guys got big plans in mind we do it so it hasn't even been like six months i want to say it started like six months ago like the planning but the first event was in like april. march or april yeah mm -hmm. april there you go april 8th 
Mm-hmm. Damn, see, she's got it done. I know everything. She, she I knows know the everything. date and everything. So if I bring my laptop out, I tell you all the facts. <laughs> so what does this symbolize for you? For you personally, what does you know the tour symbolize? I think it symbolizes um, women empowerment. I guess. I mean, I, I I guess when you say that, you'd be like, "What is a party symbolizing women empowerment?" Mm-hmm. I think it just when when you like I tell you when you go there, you feel the girls happy and comfortable, and it's a complete different vibe from when you go to like a party with women and men Mm -hmm. and yeah i guess it just i like to see these women feel empowered and feel happy and meet other girls like you know how girls are so nasty with each other sometimes fighting over guys have there been any fights no thank (laughs) god and if there is a fight we have like a protocol how we're gonna handle it and everything but that is not what we want you know we want girls to be friends to be happy like even in the comments girls are like oh i don't have anybody going with who wants to meet up with me and they'll make friends in the comments of our posts and stuff Mm -hmm. so um yeah no no fights Mm -hmm. no fights yet that's not what we want the photographer videographer they need to get that on camera if it happens oh Oh, by the way our videographer is amazing no it's a girl her name is sashel shout out sashel she's so good did she just start with you guys like for the tour um, no, again, I, I'm still rather new with V5. Um, so she started way before me. So I just met her. Uh-huh. And let's move on from the tour, right? Yeah, for sure. What else? With the Splags. Uh-huh. Go ahead and talk about that venture and how it all started. Cool. Okay. So one time I was just, it was during the quarantine. Everybody was looking for a new hobby, right? So I picked up a, di- a tie-dye kit and I was just like playing with, you know, random shirts or whatever. And I made like a super cool design. And I put it on my story on my personal Instagram. And I was like, if I start selling you guys, selling these, will you guys buy them? I did a poll. And then obviously I got positive feedback because the shirt was cool. And then um, from there, I just started like making little shirts for my friends. I wasn't charging them or anything. Like I would just send it to them and I'd be like, oh, post it in your story. Say that you got it for me or whatever. And I was getting and this was around the time when everybody was supporting small businesses, which I which I, they still are, but back then during COVID, everybody was like a small business owner. So like people were supporting. So everyone would um, message me, oh, let me get one, let me get this color, blah, 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 blah. Mostly girls, like my friends and stuff. So I just started getting a shit ton of orders and I wasn't expecting that. So I was doing that and I'm like, okay, I need to make my own profile, like my own Instagram for this. So I made one and I had my first photo shoot with my friend Jimmy and my other model friends. And, um, I made like some super cool designs. I set it up all perfectly. I rented a pure space, you know, how you could rent them mm-hmm. in a super cool studio. I did a photo shoot and I released like a, a collection on my Instagram. And from there, it just picked up. Honestly, that's really dope, especially because, you know, you received that initial support. I'm lucky to say that I did have a lot of people supporting me. Um, and that definitely helped me grow to, to people that I didn't know. Because obviously it was a lot of people that I did know that were ordering from me. And then, but, you know, with them sharing, their followers saw my stuff. Then those people reached out to me. And same with anyone else. Like, I was just multiplying quickly. And I noticed it was a lot of parents asking, oh, do you have kid stuff? So then I started doing kid stuff. Um, So, yeah. It's fun tie-dyeing. It's fun, like, you know, learning how to do the design, painting it, and then opening it. And you're like, wow, I can't believe I made that. So, so you know how to actually get yeah, the design of I, I did everything by myself. Yeah. And keep in mind, I did not have a studio. I did this in my freaking house, in my kitchen. And um, I would run to my kitchen, then to my washing machine, then to my room. Like, it was just, it was a hot mess in my house all the time. You were making, there was paint were everywhere. I was making a mess. My fingers were always dyed. Um, but it was a lot of fun. 
Um, and I did a shit ton of pop-ups too. That's how I met Iquan and Lewis. Um, and it was just fun to to be with all these artists, you know? Like when I did my first pop-up, it was so fun because like I got to meet all these people. I did a bunch of collaborations. Um, and it's fun to just meet talent and art and mix it together and see what you guys could create. It's a lot of fun. What did it mean to you to be an artist? I honestly never considered myself an artist. So I didn't, wasn't, I didn't even think I was one until one of my friends told me, they're like, oh, you're, you're like an artist. I'm like, no, I'm not. And I realized, wait, I'm using paint and I'm like making stuff with my hands so I am an artist so it felt good to be able to call myself that because you know I've always wanted to be like artsy or whatever and I guess that helped me bring it out that's definitely one of those things you never even realize that you know once you start something and it's considered art you're like damn like I did that shit you know that's how I felt a lot of the times when I started this shit I was like when you know from one episode two episode three episode and I was like I'm not an artist yet. It, it'll come. It'll come, but not yet. No, you are from the beginning. <laughs> mm, it depends. You know, those first three were a little rough. Those first, like, ten episodes were a little rough. It's because you never know what you're going to get. Like, you get somebody that talks a lot. You get someone that doesn't talk at all. I mean, let's get into the nitty-gritty, right? Now, we've we've hit the business side of you. Let's get into the personal side of you, right? For sure. What you had told me was you had that quarter-life crisis, right? That it kind of made you switch your careers. Mm-hmm. And the first song that came to mind for me was by Usher. It's called Looking For Myself. In the chorus, he says, I said, I'm looking for myself and I still can't find me. That's why I'm looking for myself. Who am I? Someone remind me. Oh, wow. Can you sing it? Can I sing it? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Can you sing it? I'll let no, you hear I've the song and repeat song. it. <laughs> no, nah, that's one of my favorite songs. I heard it when I was like 14. I probably know it, but I don't know it. Like, I don't hear the tone. That's why I asked you to sing it. <laughs> do you listen to Usher like that? Well, just like the basic songs, like Let It Burn and shit. No, no, no. <laughs> See, it's not one of those basic ones. It's, no, a, yeah, it's yeah. in the deep cuts. But when I thought about the song, right, it's, you know, I'm looking for myself. Who am I? Someone remind me. And a lot of the times we lose ourselves. We lose ourselves, you know, chasing something, chasing someone. Even like a career. You you go into a career that you were passionate about, but over time you just kind of lose that feeling. And as you lose that feeling, you're like, damn, who am I? Someone remind me. So go ahead and talk about that a little bit. I mentioned it in the beginning, I think, that I was a teacher for a while. So I was going to UIC, and right down the street, there was a school. And my friend was working there, and she's like, you should apply. And I wanted a job that was close to school, right? So it was a school. It was a Montessori school. I don't know if you know what that is. My mom works for one. Oh, she is amazing. I love Montessori. I would totally recommend it to anybody who has kids. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I was doing that and I loved it. Like I love little kids. They're like the cutest. I was like the best teacher, not to to my own horn. Number one teacher (laughs) out here or what? I I was like, I was a good teacher, you know, and it was fun. I genuinely love kids. Like I love being around them. I'd have a sad day and I'd go to work and they'd just cheer me up immediately. Of course, they were annoying as fuck sometimes, like pissing and shitting everywhere. But I love them. They're super sweet at the end of the day. So I enjoyed teaching. Um, I left because the pay was terrible. Private schools pay terribly, um, especially in Chicago. So, and it was right in Wicker Park. Um, so, which one was it? Guidepost Montessori. Oh, okay. It's in front of Big Star. Okay. Right off Damon, the train. Okay, my mom she works at Near North. Oh, there was always a competition with with Near North and Guidepost. Always, yeah. All the teachers from Guidepost went to Near North because mm. mine that was a terrible school pay wise. I loved it. I left because of that. And then I finished school. So it wasn't even convenient for me to be over there since I live in the suburbs. So then I went to I moved to a school that was close to home and it was a middle school. 
And let me tell you, middle schoolers, they are something else. I like middle no, school. No, I cannot. Middle school is so much better than the little kids because <laughs> the little kids don't listen because they don't know how to listen. Middle the, schoolers the, aren't any better. The, no, <laughs> the middle schoolers don't listen because they don't want to listen. Right, 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 that's true. You that's can true. reason with them, though. No, you can reason with the little ones. Like, they'll love you right after you yell at them or you have a problem with them, and they get over things right away. The middle schooler, no. They'll hold it against you forever, and they'll make your freaking life hell. That was how mine was, my experience at least. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if it's because of how young I look because I, I didn't wear makeup any day to school, to that school. I didn't care how I looked. Like, I was wearing my glasses, makeup. I'm there Nowadays, middle schoolers are, like, six feet tall. So, like, I was small, right? So, like, I don't know if it, they didn't take me serious or what it was, but I was a teacher's aide, by the way. I wasn't, like, a teacher-teacher. Um, so they just – it was just bad. Like, the, the boys were moaning all day long. Like, the girls would fight about the stupidest shit. Like, talking about boys, this one girl came up to me. She's like, oh, my God, I kissed my boyfriend six times today. And I was like, wow. Like, I don't even know how to respond to these things. And I feel like they they felt like I was more of a friend than a teacher because they were telling me inappropriate things. Like, I I would carry a satchel with me all the time because I have my shit in there. And this kid was like, well, you got a Glock in there? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is not how you speak to a teacher. And they would just talk back. And I don't know if it was that age group that really geared me to get out of the education system, but it definitely helped. But anyway, back to my core life crisis. So I was just, you know, I was in the school and I was still doing this black stuff around this time. But I was just like, is this really what I want to do? Like, I didn't I didn't really want to do that. My got my major in communication and my minor in psychology. I had nothing to do with what I was doing at the school. So, like, I just every day I would just. I'd be upset in the way that I, the direction I took my life in. Like, I was like, am I ever going to get out of this school? Am I ever going to get out of the education system? Like, I always wanted to work in marketing and something fun like what I'm doing now. And I just, I didn't have, I didn't have the right resources. I didn't know what to do. Like, I was applying and I wasn't getting anything back. I applied to, like, 10 different places. I only heard back from, like, two and I didn't get the job. And it was weird for me because I always got the job when I applied somewhere because it was places, places that didn't require, like, you know, degrees or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just not getting the jobs that I was applying for really sucked. And it was really making me feel like shit. And um, again, like I said, I got the right connections and I got this job and everything completely turned around for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that happened because it was a tough six months. Like, I was sad. As I wouldn't say I was depressed, you but I was I was going through it, you know. I was gaining all this weight. It was just a bad time. <laughs> but I'm glad where I'm at now. And it was it was hard, but... So that's for anybody going through something like this. Just know you're going to get out. I know it's annoying for people to tell you you're, it'll, it'll, it'll get better, but it will. Mm-hmm. Everything gets better with time. and But you got to try. You can't just sit there and not do shit. Like, you got to try. I always say that shit, that time heals all wounds. And that's the funny thing that you mentioned that, right, is because I seen someone on TikTok, somebody that I had known, and they mentioned that, that after you get out of college and you apply to all these jobs every single day and you don't get the job, it's like, fuck, like, what's going on? And I don't know, I kind of I lucked out because that was me. I was in that position where I was applying to jobs every single day and none of them were calling me back until one school calls me back for CPS. And they're like, you could just be a sub. Uh And that's literally like what I do now. But I'm going to be fucking jobless for like three weeks now. Oh, because of (laughs) summer. summer. Oh, that's right. There's no no summer school. No, um. I'm starting a program with After School Matters, but that's in, like, July. So. Wait, so you do middle school. Is that why you like I him? do high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do freshmen. See, that's different. No, 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 no. You, 
If that one year makes a difference. Freshmen are worse than middle schoolers. Oh, really? Yeah, freshmen are worse than middle schoolers. Why? Because they think they're shit because they're in high school? Uh, Kind of, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I'm not even going to talk about it right now. What I wanted to ask you was, you know, do you feel fulfilled now about the position that you're in? Yes. I can happily say yes. Because everything that I've wanted... Oh, my God, this sounds so, like like spoiled but everything that i've wanted to happen has been happening to me it's kind of like too good to be true mm-hmm. um which i'm really happy and i'm really grateful about and you know i don't want to say i'm just lucky like i did work for where i'm at now and i did i went to school i went through all these trials and tribulations before and i would say that i am fulfilled obviously i want more i'm not saying that i want to stop here and i'm comfortable here like i'm going to keep working till i get more and higher and better Um, But for the age that I'm at now, the experience that I've had and my happiness overall, I feel good where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. And I hope it stays that way. And I hope I keep getting better. So then what do you hope to accomplish? See, that's a loaded question. I I think about that sometimes. I'm like, what do I really like? What is my ultimate goal? And I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of just I'm going with the flow right now. I'm learning as much as I can. I'm networking with as many people as I can. Obviously, I want to stay in the same field. Um, but I would like to work on this in a bigger scale. And I feel like, sorry, Papi is definitely taking me there. So, and I'm really grateful for everybody that I've been working with. Damn, she is trained, bro. She's trained on this talking what thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is my third podcast. Uh, I have some experience. <laughs> she, said, she said, I hope I'm experienced enough. Well, at I'm first, like, I was freaking out. <laughs> uh, damn, why were you freaking out? I don't know. I mean, we've never really met. So, I didn't really know what to expect from you. So, yeah. we only met one time. Yeah, one time and it was random. I know. I didn't even know you were going to be there. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's not that bad being on here. I feel like everybody ends up, like, opening up eventually. It's just how do you get them to open right. up, right? Um, with that being said, you know, uh, you mentioned feeling f- or the question of are you fulfilled being so loaded and why or why not, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, that, you know, you mentioned a good point with that, that you're satisfied but you don't want to get complacent, right? And that's kind of the position that I've fallen into at this point. It's like, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm happy with the job that I have, but it's like, okay, how do I take this to the next level? Because that's always the goal, right? It's only to get better each day. You got to be better than the person you were the day before. And yeah, that's just kind of like the issue that I'm finding. It's like, fuck, like, how do, how do I get there? I feel like my best advice would be do what you truly love, stay true to it, and just keep working working on it, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I don't really know what it is exactly that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So how am I supposed to answer that if you don't tell me? Right. So tell me. <laughs> I think that I just want this to become national, like a national mm-hmm. thing. And I've definitely, you know, I've interviewed the right people to bring attention to it from out of the Chicago, out of the mm-hmm. States. But it's like, how do you get people to care about it when they don't really know who the fuck you are? You, it's kind of, it's a weird thing to think about, right? So let's take V5 for an example, right? V5 New York didn't just blow up overnight. They started that shit before the pandemic started. And then the pandemic shut it down and then they restarted it back up. Mm-hmm. But at that point, people knew who they were somewhat. So it's, it's always that beginning stages. It's like, damn, like, how do I get people to notice me before... It blows up. I mean, you're doing pretty well now. 
You're growing pretty quickly from what I looked at. I've been examining your page before I came on here. Yeah, what you learn? I learned that every day that I go on, you, your numbers go up higher. And you get, <laughs> you're get you getting more and more people to come on. Like when you guys said that you had however many, I don't know if I can say that number, but however many podcasts <laughs> that you've done. like I, That was shocking to me. That's a lot. Yeah. For just a year? Yeah. That's dedication. You're doing at least once a week, yeah, you know? So, like, that's that's a lot. Like, looking for the right people, you know, having those people be on board with you, um, creating the right questions, the right banter, whatever. Like, you're already doing an amazing job for just a year. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you're doing this good now, it's just going to get better, you know? You, and I'm sure that it will get national. And you can you can even incorporate what your work now, like a sub. Like, if you get... Like, if you get the, the, you know, the adults, once they graduate and stuff, you can talk to one of the high schoolers that has something going for them in the music industry or the entertainment industry, and you could get it from a, dip a different perspective. Not from somebody that's already in it, but that's somebody that's trying to get to it. I feel like having those different types of personalities would really help you blow up. Yeah, I have the kids promote for me, low-key. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's the best type, because they're young. Like, I don't know if you guys, I mean, I, it's sad to say. No, no, it's not sad to say, but, like, TikTok is like these kids best friend like that's like your gateway to like grow so like if they help you promote there and then like tell you do they call you Mr. Mr. what Alvarez Mr. Alvarez you got to do this trend Mr. Alvarez you got to do this you got to do that They'll I can't, I can't do all that dancing shit. no don't <laughs> dance there's other stuff you could do <laughs> well what do you think is like the good TikTok stuff to be doing oh for like for you for me in general oh. other than like the dancing shit right well you know what's from what I've been doing in my job, I had to learn so much about TikTok. It's all about your, like hashtags, the time you post it, and the audios that you use. So you could pop up on that person for you page or whatever. You know, you just got to be really strategic about it. Um, but as far as like stuff you should do, shit, I don't know. You got, you know what? Humor sells. You got to do some funny stuff. Do you follow this person named Zeth? Zeth. He's a podcaster. No. But what with about his him, daughter. Oh, I know what the you're talking about. Like yeah, I know what you're talking hair. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys give me the same vibe. If you bring a kid on here, I feel like it would be so great. It would be so good. Kids say the stupidest things. Say, so, go like, get again, you a kid. You, what, what's up? <laughs> she said, go get you a kid. <laughs> Find a child in the street. You want to be at a podcast? It would be great. That's just one of my one thing i can recommend interesting <laughs> interesting idea but anyways let's go back right let's go back to your quarter life crisis oh, right. what would you say to somebody who is going through that right you kind of said like you know get through it it's gonna be okay but what advice would you have for them um oh my god i guess oh, it sounds so cliche but just again keep working towards it you're gonna get out like i remember sometimes i just lay in my bed and i wouldn't want to get up because i was so unmotivated like, you just gotta get the fuck up. Like, seriously, you gotta get up. You gotta find out what it is you really wanna do and you gotta work towards it. You can't just, like, give up, you know? Mm -hmm. You gotta work. You have to look. You're gonna get shot down a shit ton of times, but eventually it, it'll happen for you. You know, you gotta step out of your comfort zone. Like, I feel like one time, like I said, I got comfortable and I wasn't really looking and um, that was really affecting me. And, you know, just a bunch of stuff coming along. But you really just have to step out of your comfort zone. It's really hard. But eventually you'll get out. And it's I've, from what I've heard from all my friends that are around my age, we've, we've all been going through it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a thing. Like, it sounds funny. Quarter life crisis because midlife crisis is what's the most popular. But it really does happen. Because at this age, you're like, I'm too old to be living at home. Or I'm too, 
too young to be doing this or that, you know? You're not. Everyone goes at their own pace. But I feel like at this age and, like, with all the media stuff, like, we're so pressured to be, like, rich and, like, make it big all quick and stuff. Like, no, that doesn't happen. Like, you got to take your time. And you can't be comparing yourself to other people because that's what I was doing. I kept comparing myself to my friends. Like, why is my friend has a better job than me and we have the same school? We went to this, this, and that, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're not going to be like everyone. Like, it's going to happen at your own pace. And I was in that thing. Like, all my friends had successful careers already. They had graduated. I graduated last, blah, blah, blah. But look at me now. Like, eventually I got out now, and I'm happy with what I'm doing. And, I mean, it it goes for everybody as well. And the main thing that I kind of took away from that is that you really don't even know what somebody else is going through, right? Because, like you said, your friends were graduated. They were successful, but on the back end they were going through it too they really felt lost as well and i think about the song by sean mendes it's hold on he says you know i don't know what you're going through but there's so much life ahead of you and it won't slow down no matter what you do so you just gotta hold on oh that's cute (laughs) it's nice though (laughs) yeah no it definitely is nice that's another one of those songs that i heard when i was like 15 16 and like i said at the end of the day you really don't know what people are going through you just got to keep holding on and, you know, nobody knows what you're going through. Everybody can say, oh, you're going to be okay, you're going to be okay, you're going to be okay. But on the inside, I might be fucking dying and nobody else can help me save that empty feeling. You know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely glad you pulled yourself out of that because I really appreciate your energy and just, like, you seem like you're doing so well now. Like, where are you now? I'm where I want to be, honestly. So I'm really happy about it. But what is where you want to be, though? I'm, I'm just I'm comfortable at my age. I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. I feel like I'm good at it, but I feel like I'm still learning. Like, I just <clears throat> I feel good. And I haven't been able to say that in a long time since I was like freaking 15. So like, I'm yeah, I mean, I was fine all those mm-hmm. other 10 years. But I'm saying like to be like this confident in what I'm doing and like where I'm at, like it, it feels good, mm-hmm. you know but I'm hoping it gets even better. Sometimes I get scared because I'm like, oh my God, it's too good to be true. I'm like, what's going to happen? Something's bad going to happen, but I, I need to get out of the mindset. You're afraid to lose your happiness. Yes, I'm scared, but I'm, not, I'm trying not to think about that. I'm trying to be optimistic. Where do you think that feeling comes from for you? Just from like things in the past, like things going good and all of a sudden going to shit. Like I just, it's inevitable, but you know. Can you give us like an example? An example? Like things going good and then they went bad? Well, something like that because, you know, I have that feeling too. Like I used to always feel like, damn, like this isn't real. Like there's definitely a ploy here. You know what I'm saying? Or like something's going to go wrong. I, I used to always say that like I was afraid to say I'm happy because once I say I'm happy, like shit's just going to go downhill. Right, right. Yeah. That's how that's how I feel. This is a silly example because I can't think of one under pressure right now. But um for example, like when I worked at the school, like they were like, oh, we're going to get you a raise soon. You don't do that. You tell me, give me a raise and give it to me right there. Like they told me I'm going to get one soon. So I got so excited. I told my parents, all my, not, not my friends, but whatever. I was just excited. I was making all these new plans or whatever. My salary was going to change. And I never got it. You know, and I think, and I kept saying, oh, I should have never said anything, blah, blah, blah. I should have just kept my mouth shut. Somebody gave me evil eye, whatever. And then, yeah, so, like, that was just my reasoning behind it. Um, So I was kind of just, after, I've had other um, examples, but I'm telling you, I can't think of them right now because I'm under pressure. But after that, I kind of just would keep my mouth shut when I had, like, really good opportunities and wait for them to actually happen. So, like, when I got this job, like, when I got the call talking about, oh, we want to hire you, whatever, I didn't tell anybody. 
I was just like, okay, let me wait till my next interview. Let me wait until I sign the papers or whatever. So nothing bad will happen. And I did, and I didn't tell anybody until I actually did get it. So I kind of just don't want to get myself overly excited for things now. I just kind of wait till they actually happen. Definitely was hurt somewhere along the way. The what? <laughs> Definitely was hurt somewhere who, along the way. Yeah. Oh, who wasn't? Everybody was hurt. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like is the biggest lesson you've learned, you know, coming out of that quarter life crisis or not even quarter life crisis, but like you said, you've been feeling that way since you were 15. Just coming. Oh, no, into, no, I wasn't. I didn't well, have not like <laughs> that, but like you haven't been able to say oh, that you right, were right. as happy as you are now mm-hmm. since like you were 15. Oh, okay. So coming from that, you know, what do you feel like is the biggest lesson you've learned over the years? I feel like, in my experience, you need to stop blaming other people for not getting where you want to get. The only person that's going to get you there is you. That was a good one. And I recently saw that on, um, it was this one guy, he has a podcast, his name's Frankie Fabre. And he says that when it comes to relationships, any type of relationship, I, I don't have expectations for people. I have expectations for myself. You should have expectations for yourself. And if I, because if I expect something from you, I'm going to be disappointed because you can't meet my expectations. But if I meet my expectations of treating you like a person, treating you with uh, good intentions, then I hope that you do the same for me. But I'm not going to expect it. You know what I'm saying? That was good to hear. It was powerful. It is because you shouldn't, you know, because people are going to let you down at the end of the day. So like. I mean, not necessarily, not everybody, but definitely. Someone else told me that, actually. This one girl, she had told me, she's like, I don't trust people. She was, she said something like, I don't trust people because people are going to let you down anyways. Well, going off to that, I don't mean it like that. What she had told me, she's like, I don't trust, not that I don't trust people, but everybody's going to hurt you. It's just you choose who you let to hurt oh, you. Right, right. Okay, yeah. that's better. Yeah. But to the people out there that are like, I don't trust nobody. I don't have no friends. Maybe you're the problem. Like, if you have no friends and you don't trust anybody, like, okay, we've all been through situations like that or whatever. But, like, you got to know who to pick to be your friend or to be your boyfriend or whatever. So, like, I don't want to say that everyone will always let you down, you know? It all, you, have a, you have a great role in a relationship. A relationship isn't one person. It's two. So, like to people saying that like you you have to try too you can't always expect the other person you know it goes both ways i saw some tiktok that said it's not 50 50 it's 100 100 oh shit (laughs) that is true but with that being said you know the lesson that you said what was the lesson you said again oh i said oh it was a good one i said that you need to stop blaming other people for not making it where you want to be because the only person that's gonna get you there is you period how have you implemented that in your life I mean, pretty much just how I'm saying it. Like, I was, I would blame people here and there for not getting where I want to be, but it's, it's your fault, you know? I mean, it's not 100% your fault. Things happen or whatever, but you can't let that stuff get in the way and can't be like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I couldn't because this happened. Blah, 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 blah. No, you do it. Me in the gym. That, that is me <laughs> in the gym right now. Like, I was telling you, Ugh. like, I need to go to the gym. And I'm always, like, blaming shit. I'm like, oh, I couldn't because I had to hang out with my friend. Oh, I didn't because I ate pasta today. Like, no. If I really want to go, I'll go. That's the point I'm at is that, like, because I went and drank so much, I'm like, fuck, like, I need to hit the gym. But then I drink again and I'm like, fuck, it doesn't even even matter if I go to the gym because I'm just going to keep drinking. No, 
you can still work out a lot and drink. You'll be fine. I don't know how people do it. Like people that stay in good shape and go out every week and drink because drinking is like the worst thing you could do to your body. This is my biggest problem. So like I drink, obviously, I work in the clubs. I drink, I don't want to say a lot, but I drink like three times a week at least. And um, when I'm hungover, like I don't want to do anything. Like that's my excuse. I'm always like, sorry guys, I'm hungover. Or like I eat like shit. I'll drink like I'll drink Coke. Like I shouldn't be drinking Coke on a regular, but I'm hungover and it just hits so good. And like that's I feel so mad at myself the next day when I'm not hungover because I was so unproductive. I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. You feel gross. I feel disgusting. But by the way, I don't wake up hungover all the time because I have a secret remedy when I drink. That's what I do. You're gonna have to pass that secret remedy. I'll tell you guys right now. So what I do. I only drink tequila sodas with lime because the soda keeps me hydrated. And then I'll drink a bunch of water bottles before I go to sleep. And I drink this morning recovery thing that you can get at the gas station. And I chug that before I go to sleep. And then I smoke and then I wake up great. You smoke before you go to sleep and you still wake up fine? Yeah. That like dehydrates you. I smoke not cigarettes. And no, but still oh, like just smoking in general. Well, that's why you drink all the water, all the sodas. Tequila soda is just water. All right, guys, just go to sleep drinking water. <laughs> water. No, Leave trust it at me, water. it helps. All those things help. <laughs> well, for me at least. Yeah. But if I don't do this routine, I'll wake up feeling like shit. You want to know why that probably happens? Why? Because you probably are too fucked up to finish the routine. So you didn't drink any water. So you just went to sleep. Probably. I, yeah. I forgot, you know. Yeah. But like, what? oh my gosh, I sound like a drunk. But when I, <laughs> when I drink, I don't get trashed every single time, you know. No, but like. Yeah. Like, I have, like, four drinks, then I'm like, oh, shit. Then I have to. <laughs> After four drinks, then I'm like, then it's, I'm drunk. <laughs> It'd be like that. Mm-hmm. It's tough out here. Yeah, but I can pace myself, all right? <laughs> Let's get back to it, right, real quick. With that feeling of loneliness, it really instills, like, this feeling of being scared to be alone, kind of, right? And for me, I kind of feel like sometimes I want to be alone, and I'm like, man, fuck everybody. And then sometimes I'm just kind of like, damn, like... Let me go find let me go find somebody just to fucking like ease the feeling, right? I mentioned that because I want to ask, you know, what what do you feel like is your biggest fear? Dying. Dying? Why why dying? I don't want to die. And I don't want But nobody wants to die. I don't know why I feel like I'm going to die in a car accident. I don't know why. I just feel it. Do you and get it scares the, me. Do you get in the I've car with people one, who are I, drinking? No, no, not cuz of that because I got in a bad car accident. Not very bad, but I hit the person mm. and I was so scared and that's when my quarter life crisis started. Because you hit somebody? They were fine, though. I T-boned them. And the car flipped. Wait, what? The car flipped? It flipped over once. Your car or the the other car? No, the other person's car. So that's where my How fast were you going? I was only going like 30. But the other one had to be going like 30, too. (laughs) No, no way. Okay, maybe 40. I don't know. (laughs) But back to my biggest fear. Okay, if it's not dying, nobody wants to die. Um, Probably drowning. Drowning? Being on f- I don't know. I don't <laughs> Why does just everything dying, have to do with death? Just dying. You're, <laughs> you're just afraid to die. It's like, is it just dying, the idea of dying, the idea of like leaving nothing behind, like a legacy or like. No, my just like dying. I don't like fuck the legacy stuff. I just don't want to no, die. No, no, not fuck the legacy stuff. I, I want that shit. If I, if I die, I'm like, hey, remember me. I think it's, I think it's not knowing what's going to happen next. Because, like, I don't want to get all religious or whatever, but, yeah, I believe in God and stuff, but, like, I don't know about heaven and all that stuff. Like, I don't really know. Oh, I don't really know where where you go after, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if I go to, like, heaven, like, am I going to be there forever? Like, what is forever when you die? 
or you just die and there's nothing there's nothing left you die you just die i think that you die and then you reincarnate to another person and i think that's what deja vu is Mm -hmm. that's my theory but like i said i'm not religious so don't quote me on any of this shit that's just what i think my thing is like with the the idea and talk of death at this point and not to like tell you like oh like it doesn't matter, right? I've talked about it so much, especially like recently, because with Equan's episode, we talked about his grandma who just recently died, and rest in peace, Equan's grandma. And then I told him about my two grandmas who had died last year. That's all good. Rest in peace, them, right? And it's just like I'm like, death doesn't death doesn't really like scare me, I guess. You know, I have thought about it. Like, when I was younger, I was like, damn, what if I, like, did not survive that? Like, one time I was on the train tracks, right? And my homies had gotten off at one spot. And I was like, man, this is going to be the faster way home. So I ran down, right? A train is literally coming, and I didn't see it. So I was probably, like, a second uh, like a second or two away from getting hit by that fucking train. And nobody would have ever known. Oh, my like, God. It, it would have just been a wrap. So I was like, damn. I think back to that, like a moment like that. I'm like, damn, I really survived that shit. Well, I'm glad you're okay. My biggest fear used to be the dentist. Oh. I hated hated the dentist. Why? Because when I was little, um, I was in preschool and they pulled out two of my my two front teeth. Why your two front teeth? (laughs) These two? Yeah, these two. I had a fucking cavity on one and then the other one got infected. So they pulled out my two front teeth. And then the next week I had to go back and get like four fillings. And that's when they were like drilling my shit. And you were how old? Like four. Okay, that's traumatizing as a child. It it was rough out here. Well, I myself had a bad, had a really hard time with my teeth. Now they're perfect, I'm glad to say. But literally perfect. Thank you. I'm going to tell you guys a story because you're not going to believe it. So at 13 years old, only eight of my teeth naturally came out which were these four and the bottom four. So I was 13 years old, and I still had all my fucking baby teeth, and I needed braces because these were crooked. So they pulled out, guess how many teeth? 16. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) This was all in one surgery. 16 teeth. They put the little nose thing to numb me or whatever, so I was high as hell there. So you had like no teeth in and your mouth. And the only teeth I had were these two molars, these two, these four, and oh, these four. Oh, your ass was I only had bogus. I was ugly at 13. <laughs> oh, you were at 13. bogus. And I went, to the, I went to Roosevelt Middle School in Bellwood. So I can imagine how that was for me. So oh, I was no. skinny, tiny, little frizzy haired, no teeth, having ass girl. And um, <laughs> They definitely did your ass. Yeah. And I would wear K-Swiss. And you guys know that song. Oh, shit, look at that bitch. That bitch got on K-Swiss. <laughs> they were singing that song to me. <laughs> I was traumatized. Anyway, so yeah, I didn't have no teeth. And to top it off, they weren't coming down. So they had to cut my gums. Oh my so they cut my gums. Another, this is another surgery. So I had like white up here. And then they put this. I already had my braces on, by the way. And they put the, the little bracket up here where the gum was cut. And my teeth literally came down in one night. It was the worst night of my life. I had like 103 fever. I couldn't sleep, nothing. I couldn't eat for like weeks. So it was a hard time. But it's worth it now. <laughs> and this is all at 13, 14 years old. You win every like bad teeth horror story yes. ever. Yes. Pulled out, gums cut, everything. And to top it off, when I was like in fourth grade, 
I had this thing called the separator because I had an overbite. I was like this. And they put like this weird thing on top of my mouth and I had to, I had to get it tightened every week. So my mouth cost a lot. My teeth. My mouth cost yeah, a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of money. The insurance don't cover all that. <laughs> she, she said, yeah. you see this? this and now I got like, these cool little gems. She said this shit costs like 50K, probably more than your, probably probably more more than than your, your whole fit, sh- your yeah. whole life. <laughs> All right. So the last question I have for you, right, because you went through that court, uh, quarter life crisis, you know, looking for myself. Man, actually, you know what? I'm going to change the question. Looking for myself. Right. What did you find out about yourself? I learned a lot about myself. Um, I guess one of the biggest less or learning lessons I had was um Sometimes I, I, I feel like I conform a lot and I, I'm i very, like, easygoing. Like, if you say, oh, do you like this? And I don't like it, I'll be like, yeah, it looks great. Like, I'm not I, – I voice my opinion when I have to, of course, but sometimes I feel like I'm too nice. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I learned about myself and I'm still working on is that I need to be more vocal about when I don't agree with something or when I don't like how something is or – I just – I need to be more open about that stuff and I need to st- – I don't want to say I'm a pushover because I'm not – but sometimes I can be a little, I don't voice my opinion as much as I should. Mm. So I guess that's one thing I learned about myself. I didn't really know about my, that about myself. I would make up excuses. I'm like, no, this, no, that. But I definitely have learned that I am that type of person and I'm trying not to be. I need to be more hard, mm. more assertive. That's definitely a good one. Yeah. I just feel like those times, like those moments of reflection, you do learn about, mm-hmm. uh, fuck. You do learn a lot about yourself, right? And sometimes... It's stuff that you don't want to like face. Right. Like, yeah. I never want to admit it. I never wanted to admit that I'm like a pussy sometimes. <laughs> so, so yeah, it'd be like that. But now I'm happy. I can I can say it. I can embrace it, and I can say that I'm working on it. Well, I really appreciate you coming through. I really appreciate the energy. Like I said, I man, that this shit made me comfortable. Like I said, the past the past three, I've just been fucking up, couldn't talk, and this one was just nice and easy. Well, I'm glad that we could, you know, have a good flow of conversation. You made me feel really comfortable as well. I didn't feel weird or, or like I didn't feel awkward. Like it was, it was, it was natural. All right, guys, that's gonna be all for today. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Sad boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio. Can't pieces, who's to blame?